Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. If the machine can do what you do, you will be replaced. The, the reason because the machine never gets sick. Your competition is no longer the solo agent. Your competition is either multi-billion dollars technology company or a mega team that has a million dollars in advertising budget. I would use some more colorful language. It's like horse shit. Like, I don't care how much rah-rah you get. I don't care how many motivation tapes you watch. I don't care what you do to try to rev yourself up or affirmations. Like statistic, you're not going to be able to compete with that. You're just not. How long can you run like that before you're going to get a heart attack? Welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. We have with us the real estate millionaire maker, right? Somebody who's done 400 units in the last 12 months on his team, over 1,000 units in his brokerage, which he owns. And that's been over a billion dollars in production, the one and only with the fantastic energy, Mr. Rudy Cosimo. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me here today. Pleasure to be here, Aaron. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, my pleasure, man. And, you know, it's interesting because my team, they saw you on another podcast and they really loved your energy and kind of the way that you think, which is really outside of the box for most agents. So what's interesting is prior to kind of jumping on off camera, you said to me that, which I find so fascinating, is that all of that production that we just talked about, you shared with me, there's no outbound prospecting, no cold calling. And it was something that you call like reverse prospecting where you get, you know, the clients, whether it's buyers or sellers to reach out to you. So I think what you uh, have a gift for and what your superpower is, is thinking outside the box and specifically marketing. So I'm really interested in kind of delving in there and, um, you know, providing for the community some information that could be helpful or useful to them in some way. So I guess... If you could, for a moment, briefly kind of share with us how you got into real estate and um, what that journey was like for you prior to, you know, turning into the billion dollar producer that you are. Well, I was just like anybody, right? Couldn't get a job. So, well, actually, I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I was in college. I was supposed to teach graduate school. Uh, my major was mathematics. University of Wisconsin. I'm supposed to teach graduate school here in LA. My dream job was to work in NASA. But then I, I came across this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And in the book, Robert Kiyosaki said the number one skill in life, it's sales, right? How to influence, persuade people. So I was like, wow, nobody in my family, in my family, we don't, we never talk about business. We never talk about money. We never talk about sales right those are all taboo so when i read that book i quick i drop out of school i drop out of my graduate school and basically get in sales i was selling door to door and one of my clients is a real estate brokerage and he is the one that uh, basically convinced me to get into real estate took him about two years finally got my real estate license in 2007. but the first time i got my license Aaron, i realized that i you know i was i just got married get a brand new baby, I realized everything is on me. I have to do everything all by myself 
So when I was in the hospital trying, just trying to be with my wife, right? My, my first baby born, I couldn't even be with them because I have to, I have to, uh, I have to serve the, I remember the clients calling me just trying to open a Supra lockbox because the agents don't know how to open the lockbox, right? And the business stops. Like, I'm not against cold calling, prospecting, door knocking. The challenge is that when you stop, when you get sick or when you are in hospital like me, just trying to be with my, ba- my baby, but then the whole, the whole operation shut down, right? Because the business is me. And so that's, that's kind of like how I get started on how to, how can we create a system so the business runs without your constant involvement? Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to be with my wife. <laughs> yeah, and what I think is very interesting about that is, you know, I shared with you uh, that I think your superpower is like thinking outside of the box and kind of questioning things. And right from the jump, I mean, you were in graduate school studying to be some sort of, I imagine, engineer, and you had a dream job to be at NASA. So you had a lot of probably cultural pressure, familial pressure, you know, um, to do that. And when you read that book, it struck you and instantaneously you were like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do something different. And I know that takes a tremendous amount of courage. So, so then you got into real estate and you noticed very quickly that like, wow, I'm selling time for money. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that I don't have some time freedom and I'd like to be able to spend time with family and things of that nature. So how did that lead to you start to kind of question or analyze like the training or the systems that usually are kind of, you know, taught to agents and cause you to say like, you know what, like, I think that there's a a different way to do this. Yeah. So I did everything what my broker asked me to do. Right. So they asked me to all these uh, door knocking thousands of homes. So I did all that. And then I was looking for a different way. I came across the, uh, the number one Remax agent back then in the world, Craig Proctor. So, so my, my logic is this. Find somebody, I think Tony Robbins says he's called modeling, right? Modeling means find somebody who have done it and just model their behavior. If you take the actions, then you're going to get the results. Today is 2022. Whatever you want in life, somebody else have done it. Like there is no, there is no need to reinvent the wheels. So back then I was like, okay, who has successfully sell homes and still like have a normal life? So I just uh, so that's when I hooked up with the number one agents in in uh, in 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 Remax I, because when I first get my license, that's when I was with Coldwell Banker. I was with Remax. Find who's the best, who's the best, and I just I just mimic their behavior. So that's how I get you know I get started in this uh, building the team system. That's interesting. So you know you really understood that idea of modeling you don't need to reinvent the wheel there's some really smart people out there who are already producing what you want i just need to find what they're doing and basically do what i call r&d which is rip off and duplicate i just need to copy yeah. what they're doing right <laughs> yeah. yeah so so and then i'm wondering though like this idea of like um as you started to do that and i know for a lot of agents some hesitation in doing that is that usually it requires expenditure of capital you usually have to hire people. And what I see is that, you know, 65% of us, you know, in America anyway, uh, you know, they live paycheck to paycheck. So because of that, it affects thinking and they think they have to do everything themselves. And I'm aware that it requires out of the box thinking to be like, okay, well, if I spend some money here and if I hire some people here, that'll create more time. So for you, 
was that was there any friction there where when once you realized like when you started to model people you're like wow okay they're spending money in advertising and spending money in marketing and maybe have hired some people was there hesitation to do that or zero hesitation where you're like yep well, that's what they're doing i'm gonna do it yeah i mean well i had no money so um i remember before i get into real estate when i say sales to be more transparent with you i was selling stuff in a swap meet I'm making about my profit was fifty dollars a a week, right? But when I make that profit fifty dollars a week, I'm just selling like midnights, you know. When I'm when I make when that, so I'm making about two hundred dollars in profit a month. But what I do with that money, I invest in my personal education. Like for example, uh, I use the money to buy Zig Ziglar series, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy. All those guys, this is maybe all time, but my, my point is you invest in yourself. So when I first get started, Aaron, I had no money, but the money, the lack of money, I mean, more money is not going to solve your money problem. So more money is not going to solve your money problem. I, I make you, uh, let me make you a case point. Let's say you come across somebody who's struggling, lack of money, and suddenly I give you a million dollar cash. Trust me, the reason they have no money, there's a problem. So if you put more money into that problem or into that business, then it's, then, then you just magnify the problems. So when I first get started, the concept of reverse prospecting, uh, essentially what I did is this, literally what I did, I opened up, I'm hosting a cash flow games. So I have people come into my office. Remember, I have no customers, I have nothing. Right? I just have a desire and the understanding of instead of me chasing the customers, have the customers come to me. So I'm hosting a cash flow game. It's just a board game, like Monopoly game, right? So people come, 20, 20 people a week. So I do that uh, three times a week, right? So Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday. So every week I have 60 people come to my office playing the cash flow game. At the end of the cash flow games, I ask a simple question. Hey, how many of you guys want to do this in real life? So usually out of every week, I pick up about two, three brand new clients. So if you do the math, in a very short period of time, I have an overflow of clients. I have more clients than I can serve. But remember, Aaron, this is back in 2007. I get my license. 2008, the whole economy crashed. Everybody in real estate quit the business. So what happened is that, think about it, I have way too many clients, everybody else is quitting the business, so accidentally I stumble up, I, so I partner up with the other agents, hey, let's, if we partner up together, I'll give you my clients and we split 50-50 at the close of escrow. So, so that's, how, that's how my team kind of getting uh, evolved. And then I have a short sale listing back in 2000, December 2007, my first listing is a short sale listing because nobody else want to take short sale back then so i was the only i have i'm a new agent i have nothing to do i take a short sale listing most real estate agents when they take a listing they take the list the intent is to sell the listing but you know if you've been in business for more than a couple of weeks you know the listing no matter what you do if your pricing is right it's sold right so so instead of trying to sell the listing which i know the listing is already sold you know it's a short sale eight hundred thousand home listed for five hundred thousand we have multiple offer the first day so the, the so instead of trying focusing on trying to sell that listing the focus is how can we leverage that one listing to to generate more listings 
So instantly, as a brand new agent with no money, uh, with nothing, but it's just a concept and understanding on how to leverage one deal to generate more deals. So that's how I get started by actually, uh, you know, kind of like building a team, partnering up with other agents. And I love that because I think that a lot of people, particularly nowadays, like this idea of team, and I don't even think most people really understand what that means. And they they feel like they're compelled to do that. And I, I personally believe that like team building should come the way that you did it, which is organically, where you have so many leads that like, you know, you, you actually need people to help you. And that's really the way that you did it. The other thing I wrote down, which I think is interesting, is that I think people imagine that like it takes money to make money, but it takes courage to make money. And the courage is, is whether it's knocking on doors, hosting a cash flow game. I have no idea who's going to show up, if they're going to think I'm stupid or dumb or like whatever. So it just took courage to do that. And it actually causes you to be more resourceful, right? Uh, to use the resources that you have. And then the other, the, the other thing I wrote down, which is very interesting, is like figuring out a way to serve others. So you were like, all right, well, this cash flow thing has made a meaningful impact, like exposure to Kiyosaki's mental maps, whether it be Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or there's another one, The Cash Flow Quadrant, which is an awesome book to understand, and then The Game. And I was, it's interesting that you said that because I arranged cash flow games when I was in college with my kind of fraternity brothers or people around me, because I'm like, man, like this is so interesting to me where you're serving a community and then it's like, oh, by the way, I also do this. So it's like, give, 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 then ask, which I think most people, they approach it like ask, 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 ask. And that's why they, you know, have like uh, friction, right? So now in terms of thinking outside the box, what I think is really interesting is that in your mind, you're thinking, I think most agents think like, okay, I took the listing, I'm going to sell it. You're thinking like, all right, well, how can I utilize that piece of data? Because I really do believe that it's data, right? It's data provided to the multiple listing service. And because of MLS, it creates crazy leverage where in Europe, they don't have MLS systems. So they have to sell all their own listings. Yeah. So um, it's how can I leverage this data to get more data and to get more yeah. clients, right? So in your mind, you're trying to multiply each one. Not thinking like, okay, I got one and I'm good. It's like, no, no, how can I turn that one into three or four or five? So can you talk about a little bit about the strategies and the thinking outside the box that you use to cause it to equal more than one? Yeah, I think first, like you said, Aaron, it's the concept, right? It's the mind shift. Like if you're just focusing on, well, first we need to be honest with ourselves because if you are honest, most real estate agents, Aaron, if you ask them, why are you doing that? The answer is I'm doing it to please my clients. Well, you are doing it for the wrong the wrong motives because you already know that listing is going to sell, so you are doing it just to please, just trying to prove. Right. So first, you need to you need to be secure with your own identity. <laughs> like you don't need to prove because if Aaron hired me to sell his house and I need to show him that I'm working then the whole agenda is all twisted, right? So so right now, so we need to be clear. The, so the reason Aaron hired me, because I already have a database of over 60,000 buyers in my database that's looking to buy a house. So when Aaron hired me, I already have the buyers. I already have offers for his home. Instead of when Aaron go to my competitors, they're trying to get a CMA. They don't have a buyer. They're looking to advertise your home, looking for buyers for your home. So the paradigm is already changed. We already have the offers. That's why now these cash buyers, all these techno the technology are taking advantage of our industry because our industry is so archaic. 
right? The, the reason the iBuyers business are booming is because they just go straight to the point. They're telling the consumers, you want to sell your home? I have an offer. The real estate agents is, you want to sell your home? I don't have a buyers. I don't have an offer. Hire me. I'm going to advertise your home looking for buyers. But the consumer is very smart. Like, why should I hire you just to advertise my home? As technology becoming more advanced, the the moment I put my listings into the MLS, it gets automatically syndicated to over 15,000 websites. So, so first we need to know the tech. So this is all going on at the same time, right? So the technology becoming more advanced. So how can I build my buyer's database? So the way to build my buyer database is when I host an open house, I'm not just handing out flyers because the more, if I just handing out flyers, hey, Aaron, this is a three bedroom, two bath, 2000 square feet home, then the consumer will immediately say the house is too big, too small, too expensive, no thank you, they walk away. You are missing an opportunity because that guy, eventually they're gonna buy uh, the house next door, maybe not 2000 square feet, but 3000 square feet. So we should capture that <laughs> And put it into our database so the next time we go to a listing appointments now we can leverage that but this is all going on simultaneously happening at the same time so so that's so when i when we host an open house and we come with a clear understanding the purpose of hosting the open house is we are building our buyers in wearing database because we already know we have a we already know this the listing is going to get sold anyway you know what i mean but we are doing it for future buyers. I mean, we are doing it for future sellers. That's why we are able to set guaranteed cash offer for your home. The reason we can say guaranteed cash offer for your home is because in my database, I already have 60,000 buyers. These are not leads. These are pre-approved, pre-qualified buyers that's working with, I have about 180 real estate agents in my, in my team, in my organization. So, so these buyers, pre-approved, ready to go, and in fact, they're on the road right now looking at homes with one of my agent's partners. So when I go to a listing appointment, uh, or when my uh, one of our listing agent partners go to a listing appointment, we say, hey, this is the cash buyer. But do you see, it's kind of like connected, you know? So uh, it all goes hand in hand, but you really have to build a database, right? But as you can see, Aaron, this gets a little bit more complex there because this cannot be done by a solo agent. No, and I think that leads to, which I think you're aware that as time progresses, a solo agent won't, they won't be able to compete because their value proposition is becoming less valuable. So I wrote down a few things, which I think are very interesting is that I wrote down the word intent. And what I wrote down is, is like, you know, what a lot of agents do because of that mindset shift is they are performing, let's say an open house or these things with the intention on trying to justify commission. And what you're doing it is with the intention on actually adding more value to yourself and your organization, because the value proposition is, yeah, not only can I take pictures and market the property effectively, and I have people in place to provide you with a good experience, our main value proposition is we actually have buyers and we can actually bring them where most agents, if you were to ask them, you know, one of the common objections, if you're prospect is like, Hey, do you have a buyer for my home already? And it's like, well, you know, I appreciate you asking and I'm not going to insult your intelligence till you have a buyer in my back pocket because if I did or if any of the other agents did, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You'd already have an offer already. What's most important is that when you're speaking to an agent, they know exactly what to do to go out and find a buyer. So that's how you try to overcome that. 
But what you're doing is you're being like, they're like, hey, do you have a buyer? You're like, yeah. As a matter of fact, we have 60,000 buyers. And when I show up to the listing appointment, I'm actually going to bring offers. I'm curious, is that what you're looking for in an agent that you hire for the job? I'm wondering, any of the other agents that you're interviewing for the job of selling your home, are they bringing offers with them? Yeah, you are like right on the spot. So, so you don't need to create like fake value, create a real value, right? Because how do you make more money? Like there's only three ways to grow and develop your real estate business. Number one, you increase more, you close more deals, increase the number of transactions. Number two, you make more money on each transaction. But how do you make more money on each transaction? By adding value. But when I say value, and I'm talking about like, like what we discussed now, it's a real value for the consumers. Not, a, not When I say fake, you know what I mean? It's a pretend. No, and it is very smart. Yeah, it's true because as they have access to more information and data, they're just a more educated consumer. So, I mean, you can say it, it's fake. And you can say it is that it's like, I mean, what I would say is I would use some more colorful language. It's like horseshit. Like it's not, it's not actually valuable. It's like, you know, I'm saying something and it's flowery and it's colorful, but it's not tangible, like actual real value right and i yeah, think like home staging professional photographer the homeowners actually expect that if you are a real estate agent in 2022 and you don't do professional photography and home staging and you don't advertise the home in 1000 different websites the customer is going to laugh at you you know it's actually expected the consumer now has a very high expect they expect you to do that when I first get my license before Aaron, my broker told me, oh, tell the consumers we're going to do a flyers. It's going to be a thick paper, you know, very thick papers, professional photographer, do drones. Right now, the consumer expects that if you don't do that, you're like, they'll just kick you out. You know? Yeah. And, and, I, and I think what's interesting is to your point is that all business is really volume or margin and that's it. And I think what's happening is, is that as the net gets compressed because the cost of sale is going up, whether it's with referral fees or like other things or all the tech that we need in order to, you know, do things in volume, that as the net gets compressed, the game is moving towards volume. And it's also moving towards like figuring out ways to preserve margin. And the way you preserve margin is by adding value. Right. Yep, with the staging, right. with like, um, you know, I got a buddy of mine that I coach where he, he does staging. He has a moving truck. If you listen, sell with him, he used the moving truck for free. That's actually valuable. He also owns like some Airbnbs. And in this market, what he's been telling them is like, look, if you need a place to stay in between closing and the next property, like for two weeks, we'll let you stay in one of our Airbnbs for free. Like that's tangible, real value. And when you do that, you can preserve commission. So everybody else who's trying to race to the bottom as far as commission is concerned, it's like, all right, well, yeah, you can certainly hire them. I'm curious, do they bring offers to the to the listing appointment? Nope. Do they have a moving truck? Nope. Are they going to stage the home? Nope. Are they going to let you stay in an Airbnb? Nope. Like all of these things, you're stacking value and it allows you to actually preserve and protect margin. That's what I'm yeah, hearing from you, right? Yes, yes. In fact, increase, right? The real estate agents in my team, Aaron, are, the consumers are paying us on average, almost double than the average agent in the area. And the reason is because of the value, because like you said, the whole industry is talking about, uh, like uh, what's the word you use, uh, commission compression. The reason there's a commission compression, right? Meaning the, the, the commission is going less and less and less. And the reason because as technology becoming more advanced, 
the industry becoming a com commodity. So uh, when the industry become a commodity, then of course you're gonna you're gonna compress. But if you add more value, you do something of value, then you can actually the consumer are willing to pay. However, if 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 you are if you are, what you're doing is the same like everybody else, what do you expect to do? You know, you want to buy a car. It's all the same. It's just different colors, different logo. Essentially, if you want to be honest, what is the difference between color banker? Look at it from the customer perspective. If you are the owner of the house, you interview five real estate agents. They are all essentially saying the same thing. It's just different colors, right? Color banker will show up with a blue presentation, uh, Century 21 with a brown presentation, but the meat and the potatoes is the same. There's no essential difference between all of this. You know, and because of that, there's because of that, the commission is under pressure. In our team, we actually uh, we have many uh, our team applying everything I'm sharing today. Aaron, these are not theories. We have real estate agents making more money in a month uh, than in a year. How many of real estate agents making over five? Our top guy, five million dollars GCI, five million dollars. The youngest one, our youngest one, twenty uh, what twenty. Three, 23 years old, never sell anything in her life, 200,000 net, in, when I say net income, because we split 50-50, right, because we generate the appointment, 200,000, that's after the split. So, but the reason we can do this, my point is that, the, the, because the, the value, the consumer is willing to pay, but they gotta have value. Well, how are you different? Because if all you do, if the machine, if the machine can do what you do, then you will be obsolete. Like, look at, look at bank. I used to, when I was in Cobalt Banker before, I'm so excited. My broker gave me a commission check. I go to a Wells Fargo, Cobalt Bank, uh, Wells Fargo bank, and there's always tellers, right? There's like at least like 10 people. Today, if you go to a bank, you go to Wells Fargo, Chase, there's only one human because everything else has been replaced by a machine. Uh, I don't know where are you. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles, Aaron. When you go to a bank here, you want to deposit a check? You know what they say? Uh, excuse me, there's a machine out there. There's an ATM machine, right? So, so my point is this. This is not about real estate industry. In any business, if what you do, if the machine can do what you do, you will be replaced. The, the reason because the machine never gets sick. Look at the online app, right? All these uh, homes, uh, online app. If I want to buy a home, I'll just go to the online, the home, they'll give me the home faster. If I talk to a real estate agent, the real estate agents have to give me all this nonsense story. Like, dude, I just want to, I just want to see three bedroom, two bath, 2,000 square feet home. That's it. Just give me the list. Well, I think that that's so interesting because uh, I remember being at a business mastery with Tony Robbins and he brought a technologist on stage and um, he talked about uh, this process and it's the process that you're describing. And he gave the example, me and you are, have been on planet earth long enough to remember that when we went through toll booths, there used to be a human there and they used to count the change and they would hand you the change and then you go through. And then what happened is there was a human and then there was a change machine that would count the change. Then what happened is there was a change machine and then there was a transponder. And then what happened is now there's just a transponder. And what they said is that in every industry, whether it's real estate or banking, that's happening at warp speed. So what that, like when I saw, I was like, wow, that, that's very accurate. And we have to move from just being transactionary to being fiduciary, like solving people's problems for them and really helping them at a high level. And I would propose, and I'd be interested to see your thoughts on it. I think it's twofold. I think it's tangible value. 
I also think it's like perceived value because technology has been training us on how to make decisions about who gets money. So I know like if me and my wife don't know who to, and this is in your realm of thinking outside the box, like making it easy for people to find you. So I know like if me and my wife or you and your family are going to go out to dinner and we don't know where to go, the, we don't call somebody to ask them. The first thing we do is we pick this up and then we go to a particular site, whether we Google it or we go to Yelp, we look at reviews, we look at pictures, maybe a video. Then, then we might pick up the phone. One of two things happen. Then we pick up the phone. We ask some questions. If they don't say anything stupid, they get the check. Or I just make a decision and like, that's where we're going and they get the check. So I guess I'm curious, like you recognize this and you see the world that we're in. I think the mental map that the majority of people, not just agents, but people in general, they're walking around with a mental map of the world that doesn't exist anymore. So my question to you is, is being that you see this and you think outside the box, like what are some of the things that you're doing because I, I know you're adding tremendous value, like tangible real value that allows you to double end deals more. It's more income. It preserves margin. Plus you're doing volume. So that means you're just like crushing the game. What are you doing to make it easy for consumers to find you? Yeah, you, you before this, you touch very good point on Google. Right now, the cost to generate leads becoming more expensive. I'm on radio, I'm on billboards. When I say more expensive, it's twofold, Aaron. Number one, the medium itself becoming more expensive. Number one, Num to make it even worse, on top of it, there's many more competitors or the marketplace becoming more noisy. So in the past, it takes me two phone calls from billboards, to close one deal. Now, if it takes me four phone calls from a billboard to close to close one deal, that means I just four. That means my expense just like quadruple, right? Does it make sense? When I say more expensive, so yes. now, yeah. so now when Google, so like you said here, okay, so what can we do? So this is why, Aaron. People always ask. You are the number one team with Remax in California. So. Like when I was with Remax, like four to five hundred homes a year, uh, the number one team in Remax. Why did you like? Why did you leave? Right? I mean, nothing wrong with Remax. I love Remax. Right? They 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 they, they treat us with red carpet and stuff like that. The the challenge is this: as the marketplace becoming noisy, uh, how can we hijack? <laughs> hijack? Uh, how can we shortcut that? So so before. Your home sold guaranteed or I'll buy it is our unique selling proposition. So we need to go back a little bit. You mentioned Tony Robbins, business mastery, right? I know, but uh, uh, unique selling proposition. You need to have a USP. What is your USP? Your USP, unique selling proposition. How are you different than any one of your competitors? Why should I sell my home with you over and above thousands of other agents? Or I could have just do a for sale by owners. So that's a unique selling proposition. What's different about you? So for the longest time, when I was with uh, Remax before, uh, my unique selling proposition, my USP is your home sold guarantee I'll buy. It. But then I realized, oh my gosh, what if your USP is your brand? What is your USP is your brand? Your brand is your USP. Then we can automatically influence Google because if you study SEO a little bit, search engine optimization, the SEO, Google, if you go to Google and you type the best, I don't know, Thai food in Los Angeles, Google is going to go to all these websites and trying to find which one is more relevant. And then they put it on page one. So when our company name is Your Home Sold, the reason people ask why the name is so weird, the reason the name is Your Home Sold guaranteed is because 
it influenced Google. Google put us on page one. We are generating this buyer and seller for free. I don't need to spend a dime because the because Google sending it to us. And like you said, when you Google now, when you Google uh, that, in fact, your home sold 2.7 billion search in Google, right? And then consumer understand that. And then if you look at the business cards, most real estate agents business card when I was with before is like I'm the number one whatever, right? If you if you pull pull any real estate business card, it's pretty much the same. But can you imagine my card is your home sold? So can you imagine if you're the consumers thinking of selling their home, there is all this and then your home sold, which one are you more likely to call? So all this is designed because the cost to generate leads becoming more and more and more expensive. So how can we how can we uh, how can we leverage that? Right. So so this is all there is no one thing as we discuss here. It's it's a combination like it's combination of everything. The marketplace is clouded here. <laughs> Yeah, so this is interesting. So what I I wrote down a few things. One, I wrote down that marketers ruin everything. And what I mean by that is once they realize that something works, everybody pours in and then it doesn't work as well anymore, which is like the natural evolution of things. So you notice that like, wow, like, like all of those other places, when we talked about the cost of sale going up, it's getting more noisy. So the lead gen is costing more in those places. And you mentioned too, which I think is interesting about brokerages. And I think that's why there's a massive disruption there because as the cost of sale goes up, traditionally, they don't add a lot of value. They're kind of like the agents that we were talking about where they're all kind of doing the same thing, just with different t-shirts. So if you can minimize expenses and cut them down to like a cap of like $16,000, that actually frees up more capital to be able to do the things that we're talking about. And that's why I think you see like disruption in that area. And then um, what's also interesting is that you're noticing that attention and figuring out ways to get either free or inexpensive attention is what the move is. And what it makes me think about, I don't know if you're familiar with Grant Cardone, but I saw him at an event and he showed something on a screen, which was interesting. And what he said is like, look, I'm not doing this for like ego. I just want to demonstrate something to you. And he showed his income over like a 10 year time frame, And it was a chart, you know, and it went up. But then what he did is he overlaid his hits on Google. And you know what's crazy, Rudy? They were in lockstep. And that was wild to me. Like that kind of blew my mind where it was like, wow, like that's so interesting is that traffic equals customers. And figuring out a way to get traffic, like attention, like you said, it's multifaceted. So there's paid traffic, there's paid attention, which is a higher cost and a lower kind of you know return on capital. And then there's, whether it's social or what you're doing with Google and with the algorithm and SEO, that has lower cost and is higher margin. Is that right? Yes. Like, Grant, I was, I was with, uh, I was in Grant Cardone event when the guy jumped off the airplane, not airplane, but like helicopter or something, right? But the whole point is, grab the attention and then, so people, because if people don't even know you exist, then it doesn't matter. You know, so yeah, Google now today, and uh, this thing is keep on evolving, right? Aaron, you know, you've been in business for a while. This thing keep on evolving, but today, Google is like the Bible. Like whatever Google say about you, basically, you know, even us, this meeting here, we never met. So I think we met, I don't even know how we met, right? So somebody from your team came across us on Google. But this happening all the time. This is why we need to master this SEO games, uh, Google, it's called leverage, right? So again, I wanna make sure I'm not knocking down, I'm not like uh, top, 
down on cold calling, prospecting, door knocking. It's just the problem with that methodology is there is no leverage. You know what I mean? And as and today is 2022. We are like it's like talking, it's like teaching my kid on how to type a typewriters in 2022. You know what I mean? I'm not against typewriters, but what's the point? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's interesting because what I share with people, I'm in the same mindset as you. It's like in addition to. It's not as though like in replacement of, it's in addition to, and the way that I describe it is like eventually, let's say you're using the reverse prospect and you're going to have to talk to somebody. So eventually there's going to be a conversation and you have to be skilled and know how to convert and know how to handle objections and do all of that. And to me, that's gravity. Yeah. So on planet earth, like gravity has been here forever. Now, what I'm also aware of though, is that if we pick a time frame, let's say 500 million years, the earth has changed dramatically over that time frame. So like it was hot, it was cold. There was like reptiles that were as big as buildings and they disappeared. And then there was like one landmass and it separated. So what I'm aware of is that gravity is always going to be there. It's a fundamental kind of law of nature. At the same time, it's incumbent upon us to pick our head up and look around to see how the environment is changing. And the environment yeah. has definitely changed to your point. Like to, to only tell people to like, okay, make calls. It's like, like, it's like training them with a bow and arrow when like in common in, in current, you know, current warfare where they have drones and all this other stuff. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> it'll probably work, but it's not that efficient. But let me, let me share with this though, Aaron. Uh, we actually, I actually, my team actually doing door knocking, but not in a way that most real estate agents think. When I say we do door knocking, this is what we do, Aaron. So we have a buyer. Let's say we have a buyer who's looking to buy a $1 million home in certain subdivision. So instead of the real estate agent passively waiting for the listing to show up on the MLS, we take these buyers, proof of funds, pre-approval, the offers, we write the offers and we go to the house, we turn up, we submit the offers to the owner of the house. That's how we get these off-market deals and we can charge whatever we want because like there is no competition, you know, and who does that? No real estate agents do it. So especially now, low, everybody talk about low inventory. I disagree because the inventory is always there, right? It's just when real estate agents say low inventory, what they're referring to, they are passively waiting for the MLS to show up. But why? If you already have a buyer, take the buyer's proof of funds, go to the house, present the offers. Because right now, Aaron, for example, your your cool hat at the behind you, the elite hat. I'm, I've been watching that. I, uh, is that for sale? Hey, sure, everything's for sale. <laughs> oh well, okay, but obviously but if it wasn't no for sale, I could be like, I could be like, no, it's not for sale. Yeah, so it's, there's no price tag and anything. Like you are not listing it on eBay for sale. But if I make an offer here, Aaron, uh, uh, here is one hundred dollars, Aaron. This is hundred dollar cash for that uh, for that elite hat. Is this hundred dollars cash? So yeah, you're gonna and you're gonna sell it to me. Uh, and Aaron, like, uh, here, here, take it. How about two hundred? But my point is this: Why the real estate agent? So I still do the. I teach door knocking, but in a different way, right? So when I door knock, I don't door knock. Aaron, are you thinking of selling your home? Because if you door knock my house, are you thinking of selling my house? Yep, but not with you for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, who are you? You are like a complete stranger to me. But when you door knock my house and you say, "Hey, a million dollars, all cash for your home." Now it's a different conversation, right? Yeah, I love that. And it's tied into that value prop because you're working with all these buyers, so you have them. And instead of passively waiting 
to, you know, for a home to pop up, you're teaching your agents to aggressively and proactively go into the marketplace, knock on the door with the value. Like a real offer. Not like, hey, if you hire me, I'll, yeah. Hey, like, not like if you hire me, I'll find a buyer. It's like, no, no, here's the offer. You are right. Because all of the other, all the other agencies, you hire me, sign me up into an exclusive relationship that you, you are tied to me. And hopefully I can sell your home. That's what everybody is saying. What you are going, what we are doing, we show up at your home. Here is an all cash offer for your home. Which one do you think the owner of the house are more likely to hire? Number one, number two, which one do you think will make more money? The guy that's very selfish saying, Mr. Owner of the house, you tie to me. Or number two, that just give the offers to the owner of the house. There is no even commission objection with my team, uh, Eric. Uh, the customers never, we never, uh, it's hardly, hardly, uh, maybe 20, but we hardly get the commission objection because think about it. If you are the buyers looking to buy homes here in, in, in LA or anywhere uh, in my area, and we give you access to off-market deals that you cannot find it anywhere else on the planet, do you even have the guts to even like, like try to discount me? No, you're going to treat me for breakfast, lunch, dinner. You're going to give me a lot of stuff on top of the, the commission that we pay. But does it make sense? So when we talk about value, I'm talking about like a real value. And like value on both sides. So it's like you're providing extreme value for sellers with all of the ancillary services that you're providing them on top of just, you know, taking pictures and putting on the market, which I mean, to be honest, like everybody can do that. Uh, so you're providing immense value there. And then you're also providing immense value for buyers in the sense that like you're you're getting them opportunities that they wouldn't have and they wouldn't have access to. So then everybody's happy. And because there's so much value, and, you know, it's interesting. I've heard Grant say too, he's like, price is never the issue. Like if it's valuable enough, like you don't really care. Like nobody, nobody freaks out that these are a thousand bucks. Nobody cares. Like I yeah. remember when they first came out, it was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Now people lease them and they're perfectly fine with it. Because yeah. this has so much value, right? So you're just adding crazy value. And because of that, you're able to, um, you know, preserve margins. Everybody's happy. And uh, you're just completely crushing it. So I guess my question to you would be, in terms of thinking outside the box, like as this begins to evolve, it's not beginning. I mean, it's we're, we're living through it. Where do you see things continuing to progress? From my perspective, like I see that... Um, it'll either be where you'll have like a team like yours who really understands the game and uh, you know, you'll, you'll get your unfair share or your work for a team like that, where the, the, the time of like agents who do 10, 15 deals a year, like they're not going to be able to compete uh, with speed because they don't have the technology to be able to compete. They won't be able to compete with value ads because they don't have the resources to be able to do that. Like, how do you see that shaking out as time progresses? Yeah. I mean, the, we believe here at uh, Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty, the future in real estate is either you build your own team or you are a part of a team. Because your, com your competition is no longer the solo agent. Your competition is either multi-billion dollars technology company or a mega team that has a million dollars in advertising budget. So for example, in my team now, like our advertising budget is over a million dollars. So let's say you are a solo agent down the road, you may be working hard. There is no mathematically impossible. You know, like 
this uh, so so yeah that's what we believe i think the future of real estate is either you build your own team or you you be part of a team either way it's called uh it's leverage right there's only three way you leverage you leverage people you leverage technology uh and you leverage system but one person doing everything by themselves this is why Aaron, if you look at the national association of realtors the average real estate agent's income is like dear it's like uh, less than $10,000 a year for agents with two years experience. Agents with like five years experience is like 30000 a year. That's crazy. And that's a gross commission income I, because they're not talking about net income. They're talking about if your gross commission income is 30000 we know your net net income is basically less than $15,000. So... And to make it even sad, even worse, Aaron, if you look at the statistics, more real estate agents going through a divorce. So because I understand you work seven days a week, 20 hours a day, burning the candles on both ends, making $15,000 a year. Of course, it's just it's just a matter of time before disaster happens, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, it's really yeah. it's really interesting the way that that's set up. And to your point, like that's below the poverty line where um, that's, you know, what is true for, you know, a lot of people. And that, I think that's also why the attrition rate is so high. I think 80% of agents are out within a year. And what I, I just wrote down, which was like, pretty eye-opening to me. It's like, well, how can you, you're either going to compete with the Zillows of the world, the Redfins, the Home Lights, like these platforms that are getting in the way, you know, of uh, us and consumers and charging referral fees who have multiple million, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, $100 million budgets for advertising. Or you're going to compete with a local team who's the hyper-local expert who has a million dollars a year in advertising budget. And what's true is to your point, I don't care how much rah-rah you get. I don't care how many motivation tapes you watch. I don't care what you do to try to rev yourself up or affirmations. Like statistics, you're not going to be able to compete with that. You're just not. Yeah, you're running out of time, basically. It's time because time is limited. We all have 20 hours, 24 hours a day. You have to sleep. So you, the most you can work, even if you don't sleep, is like 20 hours in a day. That's you don't sleep, you don't shower, you don't eat, like, but it's impossible. How many, how, how long can you run like that before you're going to get a heart attack? So this is why we, we encourage, I think that's to answer your question. I think, yeah, I think the future in real estate is either you build your own team or uh, you join, you join an existing team. Yeah, I, I agree. And then I think what's interesting too, is that um, when you talk about leverage, I read this book recently called the, the uh, Almanac of Naval. Uh, Ravikant, and he's this interesting dude, but he said something that really, um, it really made my brain explode for a second, where he talked about the different forms of leverage. And you mentioned those three forms, and he said the same thing, but just perhaps a little bit differently. He said there's a leverage of labor, which is the lowest form of leverage, because labor, you know, they get tired, they get sick, they quit, like they get mad, like whatever, right? But it's better than having no leverage. And then there's a the leverage of capital, which is superior because money works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, doesn't get sick, you know, that sort of thing. Doesn't get mad, doesn't leave. And that's superior to the leverage of labor. And then there's the leverage of having a product or a service that costs very little money to duplicate or replicate once it's been created. And that would be like software. And that would also be like media and content because that is not bound by geographic location. It works all around the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week versus the leverage of capital. Like if I put it in an apartment building, it works 24 hours, but only in the apartment building. But what he said, and here's what's very interesting, and that leads to this point where you said it's either this or this, 
is that we don't live in a world of haves and have nots. We don't live in a world of rich and poor. We live in a world of people who have leverage and people who don't. That was like, like an explosion in my brain because I immediately went to people in my life, whether it's loved ones or family members who don't have those three forms of leverage and their life is increasingly becoming more challenging and difficult. And what you're saying is as an individual agent, if you don't have those three forms of leverage, your life will become increasingly more challenging and difficult. Yeah, even money, even saving money, right? Saving money, there is no leverage. So now with inflation, you're actually losing when you save money. But but going back to the last point on this, uh, so today we touch about how to increase number of transactions, how to make more money each transaction. The last one about the leverage, the products that you mentioned, Aaron, how to gain a client for life, we actually make have a products that our clients, can you imagine our clients actually subscribe, pay us a subscription, $1,000 a year, for example, to be our VIP clients. This is post-closing. This is after close of escrow to have access to, for example, we'll make you rich. So when I say that, so for example, Aaron, you just bought your first home here in LA. Congratulations, everybody happy. And then as our clients for life, you enroll in our VIP program as our VIP clients. Can you imagine you buy homes from us once a year, investment properties. See, most real estate agents only focus on this first home. If you're focused only on the first home, when's the next time you're going to buy another primary home? Every seven years. By the time you're already out of the game, right? There is no, there is no, going back to the, the, the there, is, there is like, how do you leverage your one closing to get more, right? Like Disney, Walt, Walt Disney said, do what you do so well, so they come back over and over and over again and tell all their family and friends about you. Amazon, look at Amazon, genius. Uh, you have to pay Amazon, like for me, I think $49, whatever. So, but when I want something, boom, I show up. In, if I want a cool headset like, like you, I can go to Amazon, get it. By tonight, I'm going to get it because I'm an Amazon Prime member. Same thing with our clients. Most real estate agents, they, they say the words that come out of their mouth. They say, I care about relationship. But if you look at their action, they just focus on their primary home and they leave the clients alone. And they give them like cookies or some recipe. Like the clients don't need the recipe. Those are, those are junks, right? So why don't we just help the clients? Uh, to, to invest in real estate, right? So that's another example on leverage. You make it into a product, like you said, just now product is a, this is a product, a service that you can buy, right? This is an option that we offer to our client post-closing. So now you have relationship after close of escrow. The close of escrow is not the end of a transaction. The closing is the beginning of a lifelong uh, relationship. So hopefully... That inspire everybody. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, I love it so much. I think people are going to get so much value from our time together. So, uh, and again, I appreciate your energy. I appreciate your insight. I appreciate the way your brain works because, you know, it, uh, you, you see things out of the box and it's evident in the results that you're producing for yourself, for your clients, for your agents. So if people want to find you, if they got referrals, if they want to connect with you in some way, where can they find you? Yeah, go to www.yourhomesoulguarantee.com. Yourhomesoulguarantee.com. Right, you Google yourhomesoulguarantee.com. Uh, it's it's there. Uh, get in touch. If you are here in Los Angeles, stop by our office. We'll show everything I'm telling you now. I'm sharing today. It's happening here in live our team system. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And listen, Rudy is the absolute real deal. He's an awesome dude. Spend some time with him, get to know him, reach out to him as a client, reach out to him if you got referrals because they'll treat your clients well. So again, man, I really appreciate you taking the time and I look forward to connecting soon. Pleasure, pleasure, Aaron. It's been fun. Yeah, it has. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.